Hey guys, and welcome or welcome back to Teen Christian Podcast. Hello, everybody. So today is Good Friday. So we're going to get into what Good Friday really means and why we are talking about it, other than the fact that Jesus died for us and he loved you so much that he gave up absolutely everything just for you. Other than that obvious reason that we are so thankful for, but we're going to really dig deep into it. So just to get started, I thought it would be kind of fun to Google Good Friday. So on Wikipedia, we got the obvious pictures that are going to come up. Jesus holding the cross, Jesus hanging from the cross, the empty cross. There's like a nice pretty sunset, which isn't technically biblically correct. So we're going to we're gonna talk about that, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. I just, I just thought about that. Literally all these pictures are of sunsets and it's like really pretty and sunny. Oh my gosh. Huh. Jesus, all of these pictures, Jesus is hanging and it's like all pretty in the background and like a really pretty sunset. Okay, we got we got a couple darker ones, but we're going to talk about it. So um, Wikipedia says, Good Friday is a Christian holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus and his death at Calvary. If you don't know what com- commemoration means, it means to like re- to remember, to honor, to celebrate, stuff like that. So I agree with it. Good Friday is a Christian holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus and his death at Calvary. That in a nutshell is what Good Friday is. But is that really like is is that all of it? Is that all like we're just we're just remembering that Jesus died? I mean, we kind of are. We kind of are. We're just remembering that Jesus died for us. But it also goes deeper than that because in three days, Jesus won't be dead anymore. He'll be very much alive. <laughs> He's gonna rise from the dead, defeat death, defeat hell, defeat everything, defeat all the sin in the entire world was put on him, and he defeats it all, which is just mind-boggling to just think about. So that honestly, like we have to totally fully grasp what Jesus went through, the pain he endured to really be so touched that he rose from the dead and defeated sin and to really like understand like this guy died for me and rose from the dead. Like that is so, so cool. And a lot of times whenever we're watching videos like of the crucifixion of Jesus or like movies like of Jesus or whatever, um, we're going to have the obvious like, you know, it's going to be like nailing into the cross, like, you know, bloody stuff like that, because that is biblically correct. But it makes people uncomfortable. People don't like to talk about it. We just like saying, oh, we love Jesus. Jesus is up there. He, Jesus loves me. Jesus does this. Jesus does this. But we don't like talking about the pain that he endured because it makes people uncomfortable. And subjects like this do pe- make people uncomfortable. But we're going to talk about it because we got to dig deep into the word. And if it is in the word of the God, if it is in the word of God, it's obviously important. There's random details in the Bible that like they're just so random you're like why on earth did they tell me that there were 12 fish or like like something random like that but there's always a reason and sometimes you just have to dig deeper to find that reason but we're gonna dig into it we're gonna talk about jesus we're gonna talk about a couple other things and in a nutshell we're just gonna talk about good friday so a couple years ago we did a gospels the four gospels little section Uh, Go back and listen to it. That was one of our highest listening ones, the one we got the most positive feedback with. And it talks about the Gospels. If you didn't know, the Gospels consist of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. So basically, these books are all telling the same story, um, except in a lot of different ways. For example, Luke was a doctor. He goes into a lot more of detailed information, um, whereas Matthew and Mark... 
and John tell it in different ways. So it just kind of, it's really interesting because it's the same story told four different ways from four different perspectives. For example, if you're all standing in a store and someone falls down and passes out, the person behind them is going to have a different angle. The cashier is going to have a different angle. The person in the back of the store is going to have a different story. And the person just walking in as it's happening is going to have a different story to tell the um, EMTs. Now, it's going to be similar stories because they were, they all saw it happen. Like, you can't just be like, oh, a cat jumped on its head. Like, no, the guy passed out. You know that happened. But everybody's going to have a different story of, like, kind of what happened, if that makes sense. I don't know if that was the best example. I probably should have done, like, a robbery or something. I don't know. But hopefully you'll get the gist. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you got the four different people, different perspectives, same story. So you can go to literally any of them and get the resurrection and death, or the death and resurrection of Christ. But today we're going to, I think we might look at all of them, but we're going to start off in John. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up, or if you just want to listen, as always, I like to use different versions of the Bible. There's a couple I won't use because I don't agree with them, but today we are going to just be using the NIV Bible. We've been using that a lot lately, but it's just what my personal Bible is, so it's kind of easier to go with. Okay, so uh, if you want to flip along with me, you can, or if you're doing other stuff, just listen. So we're going to listen. So we're just going to start in John 19. Again, I sometimes like mumble over my words whenever I'm reading them. So I'm sorry if I butcher names or words or anything, or just just go with this because we're going to see what happens. So Jesus is sentenced to be crucified. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw them, they shouted, Crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I have no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify me? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if I were if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be the king oppresses, opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat him against the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Arabic, Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here's your king, Pilate shouted to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate said. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over for for him to be crucified. So that is just the first section of of chapter 19. It's about verse 16. So a couple things that I find kind of interesting is that the chief priests are like the loudest people in there. They are screaming like, crucify him, crucify him. And even when Pilate says, here's your king, they say, they don't say like, no, he's not our king. Well, they do. They, They said, we have no king but Caesar. 
but these are priests, so wouldn't like their wouldn't their king be like God? Because they believed in God. They just didn't they didn't believe this guy was the God. And I just find that interesting that they're like calling the king Caesar. Like, sure, the king was actually Caesar, but God is. So I, I find that kind of interesting that they were the main voice. And I honestly, like, I have this picture in my head of like a huge crowd gathered outside, and it's kind of like how peer pressure happens. Like, even if everybody didn't agree. If there's a few, like, loud people shouting crucify, everybody else is just going to join in. It's just what happens. It's a human flaw. If a bunch of people are yelling and you're, like, you don't really know what's going on, you're just going to start yelling with them. You're just going to, like, agree with them. That happens with literally everything um, in humankind. <laughs> there's not a lot of people that are going to stand up against it. And it, in the Bible, it doesn't say, like, other than Pilate. Nobody's like, no, no, no. Keep him alive. Like, cause, because this was supposed to happen. This has to happen for Scripture to be fulfilled. And that's going to – it's going to – say that in a little bit about scripture being fulfilled because it's written in the old testament this has to happen because this is word this is god this this has to happen and jesus knows that because uh Pilate is like don't like why aren't you talking to me dude like i have the power to let you live or die and jesus is like no you don't okay <laughs> no i'm gonna die like that's what's happening uh the, my father like handed me over like i have to do this and even like it says jesus wept shortest verse in the bible jesus wept and he jesus was kind of upset about this but he like he was sad that he was gonna die obviously but like he did this out of the love in his heart like he did this and it's just interesting because Pilate's like answer me like i can make you live or die and jesus is like no you can't like even when he's about to get crucified he's gonna stand with his father and he's gonna say no you can't because you have no control over me than the one in heaven what's gonna happen is gonna happen and i think that's the mindset that some of us like to keep or don't really keep, and I really want to start keeping it, what's going to happen is going to happen. God's got a plan. It's going to happen no matter what. Like, there is some plan out there for you, a purpose, and there's nothing you can do to escape it. Like, it's not your fate, but, like, this is going to happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if that door gets slammed in your face, it is supposed to be slammed in the face. Now, sometimes another door is going to open right next to it, and it's still going to lead to the same place. Just might be a little different of a route. So I'm not always saying that, like, Oh, the door gets shut. Oh, now give up on your dreams. But all I'm saying is that if something's going to happen, it's going to happen because God wants it to happen. And Jesus understood that. Oh, my screen's froze up. Okay, um, let's continue reading. The crucifixion of Jesus. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out of the palace of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. They were crucified him, and with him, with him, two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened it to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Aramaic Latin, and Greek. The chief priests were of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing him into the four shares, one for each of them and the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lots who will get it. This happened that scripture might be fulfilled, they said. That said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his, ma his mother Mary, the wife of Colops and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother uh, there, the disciple whom he loved, staring nearby, he said to her, Woman, here's your son. 
And to the disciple, here's your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So, like I like we did with the last verse, I'm going to kind of talk about it, like, a little section by section. And, again, that was 17 through, oh, my goodness, 27. Okay, so what I was saying earlier about – I am far away from the microphone, okay? Um, so what I was saying earlier about how the scripture needs to be fulfilled. But I'll get to that in a second because I just skipped over a bunch. Okay, so – Pilate has something that goes over a notice, like, of what their crime was at the time that would be nailed above their heads. And he has King of the Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Now, these priests obviously don't, I feel like they don't really respect Pilate. They kind of just boss him around. And I think Pilate's kind of getting annoyed with them because they come over and they're like, no, he's not the King of the Jews. He said he was. Change it. And he needs to say, and he needs to say, like, wants to be king of the Jews or something. Like, it's, it doesn't, it's not king of the Jews. He's not king of the Jews. And Pilate's like, no, dudes, I already wrote it. It's not changing. Like, what I said is what I said. And it doesn't say if they back down. Well, they obviously back down. Um, and now Jesus is nailed into the cross, and they are dividing up his clothes between the soldiers. They've taken each four piece. One gets each of them. And they divided, they've divided the four pieces. One soldier gets each one. And then there's one left, the undergarment. And it's one seamless piece. So they're going to, they're going to lot for it. They're going to gamble over it because this is what scripture said before that they need to, they, they, it says they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. And that is in Psalm 22, 18. We'll look at that in a minute, in a minute. So also I want to think, I want you guys to think about something really quick. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his own cross and he went out to the place of the skull. So I learned this a couple weeks ago. Do you know why they called it place of the skull? Let's find out. So if you go ahead and go to 1 Samuel, I think it's 17. And I just completely closed my Bible whenever I did that. Flip back. Okay. So it is said that everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. I think we've talked about it a couple times. And it says that David ran and cut off his head. And then, to be honest, like, there's just, like, a mental picture that just, like, stops for me. Like, it's like, okay, victory. And then it moves on, like, skips to the next scene. But there's more that happens. He takes his, uh, he takes Goliath's armor and puts it in his um, tent and then he cuts off his head and takes his head back to Jerusalem. So you might be wondering why are we talking about this? We were just talking about Good Friday and the crucifixion of Jesus and we're in the middle of chapter 19. Why are we talking about David and Goliath? Well, a lot of scholars actually believe that David uh, or Daniel, <laughs> wait, David, yes, David, right the first time, David, whenever he took his head back to Jerusalem, that he buried it on this hill, the hill that is now called the place of the skull where Jesus Christ was crucified. So it doesn't say that verbatim in the Bible, but a lot of scholars have a lot of different evidence. You can look it up um, on why they think that that's what happened uh, because that because it was named after Goliath's head being buried. So Jesus Christ, again, is victory over death because this was a huge giant that would not have been, been able to be defeated without God. And here Jesus is, again, standing above that like crazy death stuff so i just thought that was kind of cool um little side note there so i don't know if you believe that or not i think that it's a very interesting thing if it's true or not i think it's kind of cool to look into and kind of explore into the bible pages really dig deep into those words and figure out why they told us like and he went out to the place of the skull which means golgotha and they think that that is why it's called the place of the skull because goliath's head was buried there and now we're going to continue reading chapter 19. Okay, so now we're on the death of Jesus. Um, so chap er, chapter 19, verse 28. 
Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk on a hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because Jewish leaders did not want to take the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and the others whose, and then the other. But when those came to Jesus and found he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. This man saw it, it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. Those things happened that those that scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, they will look on to the ones they have pierced. So, again, we see three times in one chapter that scripture is being fulfilled. So, this is things have to happen for scripture to be fulfilled. And I think that's so interesting. And also, side note, as I was telling you before, um, how there's four different perspectives, you might be thinking like, wait, didn't Jesus say something to the people on the cross? And uh, like, you know how he's saying, you'll be with me in heaven to the other guy. And like, didn't this happen? And didn't this happen? It did happen. It's just in the other chapter. John doesn't go into that. And we can look in that in a second if you want to. Um, but just so you know, that's why I'm not leaving it out. The Bible's not leaving it out. It's not a myth that you've heard your entire life. It's just John doesn't really cover it. Um, he kind of chose to not go into as much detail. Um, okay, so we have the, it is finished, the famous statement that basically is saying that scripture is being fulfilled. God has paid it all. Jesus has paid it all. He has done everything for you, taken on all the sin of the world. Um, and then, of course, we get the big storm that comes, death, and it's just a dark, crazy, rainy day. And it's, uh, it's, it's, a bad day. <laughs> like it is not a good Friday. It is a very bad Friday um, for a lot of people. But of course, Jesus rises from the dead. We know that. But if we didn't know that, it is not a good Friday. It was a very bad, dark Friday. We did not like that Friday. Nobody there enjoyed that Friday, except maybe the people that wanted Jesus to be crucified. But his closest followers, his mother, and even Pilate probably didn't enjoy it and called it a bad Friday. So it hasn't become a good Friday yet. Um, so basically, then he goes on to be buried, and then, of course, we get the empty tomb, but we can't cover that because it's not the Easter story. We're still focusing on Good Friday, but that is basically John's point of view on Good Friday and what happened. So now we're just going to take a second and look at Matthew's point of view. I think we're just going to look at Matthew's point of view today because he kind of talks about it being a pretty bad Friday. Um, so we are on chapter 17, and it is on verse 45. The death of Jesus. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, um, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling to Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it up with wine vinegar and put it on the staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that exact moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into this holy city and appeared to many people. 
wow, that is a little bit different than um, John's. So in John's point of view, we we just heard that. We don't really go into how bad the Friday was, but um, we've got dead people walking around. Um, <laughs> we've got darkness. Uh, we've got rocks and tombs opening up and all this craziness. I just see like dark clouds everywhere. Um, but honestly, this is kind of cool because I didn't, I actually didn't know this, but it's okay. Every, you learn something every day, right? <laughs> always learning, always learning. Um, but how there were there were tombs of holy people that were broken open and they went into the city and appeared to people. Like, I'm sorry, but it's so cool to think about now. But like being back in there, like your savior had just been killed and crucified and like darkness is everywhere and tornadoes and storms and rocks are splitting and then there's like dead people walking around people that have been dead forever like that that would be a pretty bad friday personally um or maybe it was cool to see like holy people walking around you know people that were important to the city uh i I just think that's kind of cool to think about um but it goes into great detail how jesus is crying out my god my god have why have you forsaken me of course jesus knows this answer he needs to do this to fulfill scripture um but i think it just adds to it and that also is another example of the gospels go check out the gospels episode if you want more in depth to break down all of them because you can see the different points of view how this uh how Matthew has a very shorter time where Jesus just dies and then the earth falls apart and he goes into more what happens afterward where John focuses more on the actual like before Jesus has actually been crucified. So I found that really cool um just to kind of compare the the different stories and that's only two point of views that I'm comparing. We don't have a lot of time so I'm not going to do all four but i think that that's just kind of interesting um to look at and think about so i strongly suggest that you do this on your free time it's a great bible study to kind of look back and forth and there's a bunch of different bible versions you can use like if you have the bible app you can check literally every single one it's great that the bible is available um in this way um but i I just find that so cool so i wanted to talk about that a little bit Okay, so now that we've kind of broken down the actual literal scripture, we're going to look at some cool little details that the Bible, that God gave us. Uh, This is, this, I read this and I seriously like said out loud, whoa. Um, So in verse 19 of John, we have a section where Jesus says, I am thirsty. And um, in verse 29, a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus's lips. Okay, we get it. Jesus is thirsty. Jesus gets wine on a sponge on a, like a stick branch thing and then jesus has it uh and he receives the drink and then he says it is finished and the main part we're going to focus on is that it is finished jesus was thirsty have you ever thought about that like why did they tell us that that it was on a hyssop branch well we're gonna look at that so if you don't know what a hyssop um plant is it's actually really pretty you've probably seen it just google it um to look what it is uh so basically it's like this purple type of like flower thing i don't really know how to describe it But here's the woe factor. The symbolism of a hyssop plant is humility, repentance, health, and sacrifice. Now here Jesus is making the ultimate sacrifice. And they are giving him wine off of a plant that symbolizes sacrifice. Mistake? I think not. Hey guys, and welcome or welcome back to Teen Christian Podcast.